Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined by my co-host, John DeShazer. And on today's show, we have close personal friend of the podcast. I'll say that. Host on Good Morning Football, Kay Adams. Kay, how you doing, lovely? I'm so good. It's so good to see you. You said people don't get to see us, right? But we see each other on Zoom, so it feels... It almost feels more intimate than the other times I've been on the podcast. I like it. Yeah, I know. I don't think we've, we we haven't had the opportunity to meet in person yet, but this does feel a little bit more intimate um, now that JD is on this call. you before that awful Vikings game? Where uh, it was awful, and I was in the press box freezing next to JD, uh, my co-host here, and you know, the dome with the elevators and things. I wasn't sure I was going to be able to get back up into the press box in time for the okay. game, and so I couldn't come down. It was just a lot of Carolyn, I think I think this was the problem. I think next time you and I have to meet, there has to be an energy exchange, a vibe, and then you can go off. And then this, the same will win the Super Bowl. Yeah, maybe we give a few pointers to Sean Payton, you know, then, you know, then the, the energy exchange. I think that's a good idea. Next time, next time. Um, okay, so you guys have been doing your show at home on, on NFL Network, on Good Morning Football. How that has that transition been of like waking up early in the morning, going to the studio, kind of having a routine, and now waking up, going to your living room and putting on a ring light and then being in front of a camera? Yeah, it is very, you know, the four of us have our, our four separate ring lights and our four separate circumstances. Uh, it's definitely difficult because you don't have those one-liners that our show is sort of known for you know like you know Kyle just wants to get in there but there's delays and so that's difficult also just seeing each other in the morning you know we we work very much closely as a family as a team crazy hours so not having that moment together is, is definitely been a struggle that said what brings us together no matter where we are is our love for football we missed it the draft could not have been executed in my opinion more perfectly I I had decent expectations for it because we are the National Football League, but I think we transcended them. They, they blew me away. The NFL absolutely blew me away. We did so 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 much goodness for for people as well. The draft-a-thon with Sean Payton was incredible enough to hop on last minute. Uh, he, of course, has a lot to, to talk about with COVID-19. I mean, we raised just under $7 million in those three days uh, to help support, support our NFL family and those who are in need. It's great. I mean, after he tried to trade away your arm, it was the least he could do, right? I don't know why we're like, we became press friends. I love it. It's been my favorite part of social distancing by far. So tell me a little bit about your draft coverage, because obviously on Good Morning Football, you're used to having a certain flow with production and having notes and things like that. What was the difference in this year's draft coverage being in front of a laptop? Yeah, uh, you know, it's tough. I'm used to, I mean, I, I would say my thing that I miss most is Matthew Hamilton. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's our, he started on our show as a researcher. He is my most valuable asset. He is the smartest person I know. I'll say that to anyone. So just having that, I have a half hour with him every morning when I'm not having to worry about hair and makeup usually that I'm bouncing ideas off of him, going over the show, going through going through notes, my thoughts, sort of fleshing them out. So not having him as a resource like right next to me um, has definitely been a challenge, but you also just have to embrace it. You look at, you know, what everybody has sort of dealt with. I mean, it pales in comparison. So you'll get no complaining out of me. I was just happy to have football and, and to learn about things uh, on a different level, more reactionary, going into the war rooms of the GMs and coaches. All of it was very cool. No, I'm always dealing with um, hair and makeup also, so I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> but but <laughs> this draft being obviously different than any other, and hopefully none other will replicate this, what are yeah. some things that you think 
might carry over to future drafts? Because I know the NFL was thinking about some of these incorporating into future drafts. Yeah, it was really cool to see the coaches so at home with their families. It's very cool that they're even uh, considered being vulnerable to the idea of fans being in their homes and around their families. Uh, but the fact that uh, there was that access, that's what we want as fans. Like I very much take my job from a fan lens more than any other lens. So being able to see Belichick and his dog Nike, being able to see what Sean Payton's situation looks like and how much candy he plows through, it was very relatable to me. Uh, and so I believe all the coaches sort of echoed that sentiment. We like this fact that I'm home with my family. So maybe something like that carries over uh, and that gets to be a part of it because that was probably my favorite part. Okay. The odds on Belichick actually allowing the dog to press the button to say, this is the player we, we want. I just don't believe that Bill, <laughs> I believe that anything with Bill, uh, with Bill happens without everybody. I think everything's very orchestrated. And so I believe, you know, the dog knew. The dog was Patriot way. Like, I'm not making any better movements. So, uh, no, I don't believe that happened. But it was very cute to see. Okay, uh, you and I have talked once before about Taysom Hill and the, you know, the blindsidedness of him not being a flex position in yep. fantasy. So I think we should take this off season and just kind of file in our protest, especially since he signed back with the Saints, of why he should be added to the flex position in fantasy. Yeah, but I think you and I have to make that appeal to the head coach because I took this to NFL fantasy. Vic. I, I took it as far as I could take it. Wow. And said that the team has him listed not as a quarterback. And there's a lot of different reasons for that, of course, and salary cap is a part of that. So because he's not listed as a quarterback on the official team roster on your website and on NFLs, he cannot be a quarterback, but that doesn't take away from what he can do. He can play the quarterback position. We saw in that game that we were just talking about, he had a 50 yard throw in that one. He lined up at running back. He caught a bunch of balls. He can do it all. He's on special teams. So I love that he's back. I think it was clearly um, from things that he has said, a really good move for him, his family, his point in life, um, his stability. And also he'll just continue to open everything up for that offense like he has done. And he'll have a chance to compete with potentially another guy on that roster. Because when you do use Taysom Hill the way you use him and execute uh, with him, you, it's the unfortunate part of that is you need another quarterback to be able to uh, be there lining up and suiting up on game day. Okay, are there parallel stories to his in the NFL? Because his seems, uh, I guess – more unique than others a guy who's undrafted who is in the position he's in and you know the saints pick him up after he's waived one day after he's waived and they say okay he's going to be a quarterback and then all of a sudden mike westoff the special teams coach says you know what he can run fast we're lacking maybe he'll go down and cover some kicks and then a quarterback is covering kicks and then he's catching passes and then he's running rpos he's got one of the most unique stories i think i've ever seen have you seen anything to somewhat parallel that no, but I think that the, I mean, I think he's very unique. Uh, I mean, we saw in the draft, the Saints took someone in the later rounds that sort of re reminds us all of Jason Hill um, in, in a quarterback. But what I think is so interesting around this time is just the idea of versatility in the National Football League. Like, we all love it. We all want the Tyron Matthew who can do different things. 
But then on draft day, those guys tend to fall a little bit. They don't tend to get taken as high. Isaiah Simmons, one of these guys, you think, you know, what a talent, but it has to go, those kind of guys have to go to a system that's going to know how to use them and have a plan for them before they even put them on their draft board. So that's a lot of credit when you think of Taysom Hill, so much credit to the coaching staff. Um, and the management and knowing that this is we're going to do this with this guy and we're going to have a plan we're going to know how to use him because if you can have a guy that's the most versatile Swiss army knife on the planet but if you aren't going to use him in huge games if you're not going to have the balls can I say that to give him the ball you know (laughs) in a game against the Vikings to throw it and chuck it up and do all these other things then what's the point of taking him so that's why I think uh, Taysom Hill is so unique and there does need to be a backup factor there. I mean, Drew Brees missed those, those five games last, last, uh, last year and he's not getting any younger. So it's, I just feel really good about this team as I always do. Of course, we love to have you on our side, Kay. What did you think about the, uh, the free agency additions for the Saints, namely Malcolm Jenkins, Emmanuel Sanders? Obviously last year they were looking for someone to go in tandem with Michael Thomas, but what do you think of the addition of uh, Emmanuel Sanders? Uh, well, I get to talk to him on NFL Live, Instagram, Instagram Live today. So I'm very, very excited. Um, and maybe I'll post some of that for you guys to see. You guys are so amazing. I love your social media team. It's like absolutely the best. Yeah. I would say Emmanuel Sanders gets me the most excited. It's the, the move everybody's sleeping on. And it's not that Michael Thomas hasn't had a guy opposite him that can make some plays. Ted Ginn was that guy for a while, but he was banged up. Emmanuel Sanders is that. He knows how to be the number two. He was the number two to Antonio Browns when he had his breakout years, his best seasons. He was the number two to Demarius Thomas when he was doing that. And he's also bringing that knowledge of what it's like to be the number one. He operated in that way in San Francisco. So to me, this is that legit threat opposite Michael Thomas. So when guys are king in, you know, on him, things will be a lot easier, hopefully for Drew Brees. Um, You know, Alvin Kamara does great, but he's not a wide receiver. So to see... You know, I think that single season reception records are awesome, but they're not ways to be successful, you know, as far as winning Super Bowls are concerned. So finally having uh, that guy is going to be really helpful. And I just love the fact that they could not be more different. I feel like I don't know them, but Michael Thomas is like so quiet. I mean, he's vocal on Twitter, I guess, but like in front of a camera. (laughs) doesn't exactly come alive, which I love about him. And then you have Emmanuel Sanders, who is, he's going to be a media darling for the Saints squad. So I'm really excited to see how those two vibe. I know JD likes to hear that because, yes, Michael Thomas talks a lot on Twitter, but uh, when you get him in front of a camera, he doesn't, he doesn't say too much. Yeah. But he does his talking on the field. So I like that. I like that. Uh, what about Malcolm Jenkins, Kay? Did you, did you like that addition for the Saints for their secondary? Yeah, of course. I mean, think about just we're, we're rehashing the past, right? He was there. He's the OG. You guys won when he was there. He comes back. Um, he's an amazing staple to have in your locker room as a leader, a good man. I got to work with him pretty closely last year on Thursday Night Football for Amazon. We did the pregame show with Chris Long, and he was always up to make the really long drive after practice to come hang out with us and sort of share his feelings. So that work ethic, that championship mentality, he's a, a two-time winner. Even just that alone is going to, to be huge. Your coach, Sean Payton, mentioned um, the effect that winners can have on a locker room on our draft-a-thon, talking about it's not just Tom Brady and the skill set. It's the mentality. It's what he can do in the locker room. The fact that he even just said that, like some of that echoes um, in any champion, and that's Malcolm Jenkins. Okay, this is probably projecting a little bit far out, so, you know, bear with me here. Okay. Thank our veteran team, veteran co- coaching staff. Uh, very few teams, if any maybe, will be having OTAs and, and, you know, mini camps and those kinds of things. Can a team – 
in that situation as the Saints, that veteran, be able to hit the ground running and maybe build up enough of a cushion to hold off for the rest of the season. Because, you know, if you're a Tampa Bay with a new coaching staff and a new quarterback, yeah. you not be able to hit the ground running as quickly as the Saints. I think that's a huge issue. I think it's a huge issue in the NFC East where there are so many new coaches. Um, I think that, that there's certainly a benefit in that. And of course, like this is, this is now Drew Brees and, and, you know, Sean Payton, they've been together. They finish each other's sentences. They know how it goes on the field. I've got concerns about Tampa Bay. I think it's very exciting. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm rooting for the fun story. Gronkowski, you're battling the fact that Gronkowski and Brady do have that. They have that chemistry, maybe better than we've seen you know, better than Michael Thomas and Drew Brees. They've done it year in, year out. I mean, he runs, he could tell, Tom Brady can tell by his stride where he's going to go and what he's going to do and where he needs to put that ball. So that's something that even, we don't know what they're going to look like from a physical standpoint, but that chemistry is going to matter. I talked to Chris Godwin a couple of weeks ago, right when the trade happened and we were talking about, uh, I said, how lucky is Tom Brady to be throwing to you, to you and Mike Evans? And he said, he's in a really good spot. That said, it's FaceTimes. We know how this is. We're on Zoom. How good can we really get if we're not really hanging out together and developing any sort of rapport? That, you know, that's not even the only issue for Tampa Bay. I think we're dealing with an offensive line that isn't enough improved this season. How are they going to protect Tom Brady, who's always sort of been able to tie his shoes uh, when he's you know taking uh, making plays happen up there in New England? The run game, I know they, they addressed that. They certainly did. But I don't know if that's enough with the offensive line. So there's definitely some concerns in Tampa Bay with it all coming together on time. It's still the Saints division. That's what you want me to say. And it's what I think. <laughs> I was about to say, I was going to get your way too early NFC South prediction as my uh, line makes so much noise in the background here, but what's your way too early prediction, Kay? Caroline, I just need it to happen this year, or I don't know what I'll do. I don't know what I'll do because it has been years of me saying it's the Saints time. Nate Burleson was making fun of me on television today about it. It needs to happen. That's the thing. People were trying to make, you know, have takes about the draft uh, with the Saints. What do you want them to do? They're loaded. They're loaded. They saw guys that have talent slipping. They went up and got the guys that they wanted to bolster or add depth where they needed it to, but they don't really, they're, they're loaded. They should be there. They better be there. I think the secret to the, the Saints winning it all this season is you coming to more Saints games. No, because the one I went to, you guys looked so hot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, don't come I to said Saints early, game. though. I had, to, so I had to get back for good morning football, so I, I only saw – like the first half and then I got to the airport and I was just like sitting at the bar. It was like the loneliest scene. Bad so now we don't really know if it's was, because you were there or because you left early. Caroline, I'm like, I'm like downing beers, stressed out, like yelling and throwing things at the television. It was awful, awful, awful memory. Mm-hmm. Okay, hopefully we'll have a, a better outcome for you this year, but we appreciate you coming on and uh, good luck with the rest of your coverage in front of your laptop. <laughs> You guys too. Well, let's talk soon. And then I'll see you guys in Tampa when they're taking on whoever they take on in the AFC in the Super Bowl. All right. Wonderful having Kay Adams on the show. As always, let's go ahead and get into our best of sound with quarterback, wide receiver, head coach, assistant coach, whatever you want to call him, Taysom Hill. I'm so grateful for the opportunity that I've had to be part of the New Orleans Saints organization. I look at the path that my wife and I took to get there. And I think of our path to, to Green Bay and getting released and going to New Orleans and, and to signing this extension. And so it's just, it's been overwhelming. I've uh, felt a lot of love from the organization, from the fan base and, um, you know, grateful for 
the the executives, Mickey, uh, Kai, those guys were great in doing this this contract negotiation, and uh, grateful for Coach Payton. I look at Drew and the mentor and the friend that, that he's been, um, and it's been the best thing for my career. So overall, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful and uh, so excited that the next chapter of my NFL career is in New Orleans. Yeah, it was really the Saints the whole way through. Uh, you know, my agent was was kind of building some of those conversations, and he was obviously having conversations with other organizations and uh, about other players and, and things. And I think the first-round tender – uh, made it difficult for someone to really make a run at me. And um, at the end of the day, my wife and I always wanted to stay in New Orleans. So uh, this worked out perfect. It's, it's hard to say right now. I think right now the plan would be to uh, probably limit some of the things that I was doing uh, from a special team standpoint. Um, and the role will be more focused at the quarterback position and, um, and then finding ways to involve me offensively. Um, so I, I look at kind of what we did against Minnesota last year and, you know, in terms of snap count, creativity and stuff like that. And as I look into 2020, you know, I think that's kind of uh, my vision for it. Like, I think this contract creates a career or a clear trajectory and, and opportunity for me to, to compete and, and to be the guy in New Orleans um, in 2020, if, if Drew decides to, to be done, you know, if, if he's not, then, um, you know, we'll, we'll figure out another contract or, um, you know, my role will continue to be the way that it is. And so as we looked at it, you know, this, this was a way to prevent me to get to free agency next year. Um, and uh, it, it created you know, um, some structure uh, for both me and, and my family as, as well as organization. You know, Coach Coach and I had a conversation uh, before free agency hit, um, kind of what his plan was for me. Um, I had had multiple conversations, you know, following that, and I knew that we were always going to bring in another guy. Um, you know, I, I didn't know who it was going to be, but um, no surprise there. I think Jameis is a, is a good football player. Um, and, he, and he's a good quarterback. And I think the nothing has changed for the New Orleans Saints. The goal always has been, and I, I think will always be, to win the Super Bowl. Um, and so I trust Coach Payton. You know, he's created so many opportunities for me, and, um, you know, I, I think it's great. Well, one, I, I mean, Drew's been, Drew has been so good to me. I, I don't think that I would be the quarterback that I am today without Drew. You know, he's been a great friend, a great mentor. He's allowed me to, you know, follow him around and, and learn from him. And um, he he's one of the greatest to ever do it. And I will not be, you know, part of the reason why he retires. Um, it, it, that's, that's, that's not right. Um, I will not ever put any pressure on him that way. And, and again, I genuinely uh, hope that he's for as long as he can and as long as he wants to. And um, I told him before the season was over, I was like, man, I, I don't want you to retire. And if that means that I have to go somewhere else to get an opportunity, I'm okay with that. But um, that's genuinely how I feel.
All right, thanks to everyone who is a part of the show today. You don't wanna miss tomorrow's episode. We have Assistant General Manager and Director of College Scouting, Jeff Ireland, come on the show, so you do not wanna miss it. A fantastic interview with him, mind-numbing. You will learn so much from that interview, so make sure you tune in to the Saints podcast tomorrow. As always, thanks for listening. Uh, Continue to stay safe and stay home, and we'll tune back in tomorrow.